I'm Michelle Olivier, and you're listening to Hey, I Want Your Job, the podcast that looks at amazing jobs and what it takes to get them. Welcome to Hey, I Want Your Job. And today I am really excited and intrigued to talk to Manny Garcia. Manny, what is your job title? Hey, how are you? So I'm currently a director for the Merit Vacation Club Group. And then over and above that, I do some real estate investing and I do some public speaking for private companies. Okay, so you do a number of things Mm -hmm. all at the same time. What is your favorite thing that you're doing right now? And we won't tell the others. I promise it'll be our secret. <laughs> well, you know, um, I've pivoted my strategy to do what I love doing in all aspects. So with, with Marriott, with the Marriott group, I'm in front of a lot of people, both on the internal customer, which is the employees, mm-hmm. and then as well as uh, working with the external customers, which is our buying Uh, customers, right? So I love being around people. I love being of of service. I love creating incredible value to the organization and to the people outside of the organization. And that's the same thing that I follow in real estate. Um, We do a lot of real estate investing where we take houses that are, you know, um, ugly houses in in nice neighborhoods, and we make the homes beautiful so that we bring value to the neighbors and we bring value to the the, uh, community. And then um, with the organizations that I serve in terms of uh, speaking, um, you know, it's all about leadership. It's all about people. Again, it's, it's just, I am focused and driven around creating value uh, in people's lives. So that's what I do. So tell me what is Unslackable? So Unslackable is a new brand that I am um, putting together that I'm creating. And it's the opposite of slacking, right? Um, we all go through moments in our life where we slack, right? We're slackers, right? Uh, we slack in our relationships or we might slack in our health or we might slack in our finances. So the idea there is to find people that are achieving outstanding results in those buckets of life and then bringing those people into an environment where they can share those golden nuggets and then hopefully inspire people or help people or give people hacks or tools that they can use and implement in their life to help them you know, go through that learning curve and achieve results faster. That sounds exhausting. It I is. Am- it's a lot of work. Yeah. I am a diehard slacker. Um, <laughs> if I can possibly be lazy about anything, I, I'm in. Like my perfect day would involve sleeping till noon, then uh, playing a video game, and then having a nap. And then, so, so but I'm a mom yeah. of two toddlers. So that's, I mean, to be fair. So the way that I look at it, right, is... Um, being unslackable doesn't mean that you have to be burning the candle on both ends all the time, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's really playing full out on whatever's most important to you, right? So if, if, if what's important to you is, you know, getting rest, hanging out with your kids, playing video games, you know, and being in that environment, then go all out, right? Like take it to the next level, right? Like have a ton of fun doing it. So that's the whole concept, right? It's, it's not just about, you know, you have to have this perfect world where everything has to be perfect. And no, it's about what is it that you are driven by? What is the purpose within you that juices you? And mm-hmm. then try to build a little something around that where you're just focused on doing that consistently every day and being your best at it. I mean, let's face it, my little guy, he's eight years old, right? He's become uh, an incredible gamer right? He's all into Minecraft. And I mean, this kid does stuff with these video games that blows my mind. And at first I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. he's getting too much exposure playing video mm. games. 
And then I started looking at it and going, wait a second, he, he likes it, he's learning, right? He's learning about different materials and minerals because you got to go and you got to, you know, um, dig for gold or dig for iron. And then from those things, you got to make things. And, and I'm like, and he's talking to me about, you know, ores of gold. And he's talking to me about, you know, all this stuff and, and diamonds and how that's the strongest, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, wait a second, he's learning in the process. Not only that, but then let's take a look at the environment that we're living in right now where there's kids that are making a living right? A living playing video games or, or yeah. uh, a living doing social media content creation. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I got to stimulate this, you know, and create a healthy balance around it. You know, I think that's so interesting. My husband and I have been talking about that because we are both gamers. Um, my, and when I say we're both gamers, I mean, I play video games, but my husband collects uh, retro gaming consoles. Like we have every video game console ever made. Wow, that's cool. No, it's not cool. We <laughs> sit around and they gather dust and we don't do anything with the damn things, but we have every one of them. So thank God for that, Manny. He caught them all. Yay. Um, that's awesome. But only dudes ever awesome. say I that. Awesome. Nobody, I have never had a woman be like, oh, what a great and exciting like interior decor challenge you have. No woman has ever said that to me. But guys are always like, that's so cool. It's not cool. So I got this vision, right, of this big wall with like these awesome uh, displays, right? And you have all of them neatly placed with LED lights. Oh, uh, Manny, big, that would be the, like the dream. That would be Is like awesome for me. That would be great, but it's not. It's bunches of wires. And <laughs> so many wires and an amazing amount of wire. And all of it is like shoved into different, like, oh, it is, it is not elegant. It is not pretty, but yeah. But the point of that story was to say that with our kids, you know, we, we grew up with parents who said, you know, video games are a waste of time, but a fun waste of time. That's fine. Like, yeah, but like kids are getting scholarships for a video oh, yeah. game. People are making money being professional gamers. Like at what point do you acknowledge that actually it is a trade? It is in the same way. If you had a kid who was a basketball prodigy, you would absolutely get him coaching lessons and take him to basketball practice and like go nuts. Like at what point do video games become that for your kids? And I think that that's such a weird dilemma to have as parents. I was, of all the things I was prepared for, that was not on the list. <laughs> but I mean, it sounds like your kid's in the same place. What is your thought? Like where, at what point do you hire, they have video game tutors. Like at what point do you hire a video game coach? You know, I, 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 I think it's really interesting that uh, we live in the information world that we live in right now, right? So um, I'm actually enjoying his journey and I'll tell you why. Um, again, he's been playing video games now for a couple of years and, and I sit and I watch and I observe that the environment that he's currently in, as long as it's healthy, right. And he enjoys it and he's learning along the way, then I'm okay. But what's interesting about what you just said is that this kid has figured it out, right? So he has YouTube that we monitor. And if he's trying to understand something about the game, he'll research it, right? He'll go and he will in the beginning, he didn't know how to really spell or type, but he was using a little microphone feature and he was speaking into it, right? Like into the search field yeah. and how, you know, how to do this and this on Minecraft or how to do this and this on, on whatever, right? 
And, and just to see him trying to figure it out and me kind of pointing him in the right direction here and there, and then him just, oh, that aha moment. And then him just taking that to a whole nother level and exploring and researching and learning, right? There's times where he has his iPad and he's trying to figure out, you know, how to dominate a, a specific, you know, area or challenge within the game mm -hmm. and he's there and he's trying to figure it out and then he figures it out and he gets excited and then he has that reward of, of fulfillment and joy so um and then he's taking it to, to the next level right he's out there now connecting with other gamers right friends from school they're they're handing each other's hashtags or whatever they they're their gamer ids or whatever they call them right handles and, yeah yeah they're handled right and they're and now they're starting to communicate and they're leveraging technology and i'm just like okay hold on a second this could really be an incredible teaching tool for children. You know, again, mm -hmm. it has to be monitored, has to be healthy, um, has to be about balance, right? So dinner time is dinner time and breakfast and lunch is, is breakfast and lunch. And when we're, when we're eating, no technology, we sit, we connect, we reflect, we talk, we engage. Um, you know, we do a lot of other activities, right? We do outdoor activities, we do sports, we do board games. So it's all about that balance. But I, I got to tell you, I am, I'm blown away with how, amazing children are and how quickly they adapt and they learn. And I think that needs to be stimulated. I would totally agree. I will, I'm going to find for you um, a really interesting study that came out a few years ago where they took tablets um, and literally like airdropped them into areas uh, where there was very little infrastructure, where people were not nobody would have had access to that technology before and then came back like six weeks later to figure out these kids had figured out who had never seen any technology before had figured out how to crack into it, activate like all kinds of things that they thought that they had turned off. were actively using it to like surf the internet and had like created all of this stuff that they literally, they just got this like, black square landed in their village and within six weeks time they were more successful hackers in some ways than the <laughs> folks with training and i so yeah i think that you're absolutely right but it was fascinating um and i i, I think you'd get a kick out of it so i will find that study and send that over to you yeah, thanks, uh, along yeah, those lines you and know one, one thing that i wanted to mention real quick is i think that the the old philosophy of teaching is broken Right. In the, in the sense that um, I think that edutainment today mm -hmm. is extremely important, especially that we learn to educate people based on how they learn best, right. Mm -hmm. Based on who they are. And yeah. one of the challenges that I had growing up, I was always, uh, you know, a pretty smart kid. I didn't really have to, you know, study much. Uh, I, you know, graduate with honors and all these other things, but um, I would become highly engaged in classroom settings where the teacher was speaking my quote unquote emotional language, yep. right? And I would be highly unengaged in classrooms where the teacher was kind of just trying to teach in a box that didn't, that didn't work for me. I, I had ADD and, you know, my, I was just like, I'm bored. I'm, I'm you know, he's not, not I wasn't, be, I, they weren't able to keep up with me, right? So then mm -hmm. I lost interest and I would just daydream all day or, or sketch or whatever. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I try to do within the organizations that I lead or um, when, I, when I do my speaking engagements and things of that nature is to really truly understand who the audience is. And that's very important. And it's cliche because we hear that. But yeah. a, lot of people, a lot of people, you know, they, they hear that, but then they don't really speak to those people, 
right? Mm-hmm. Or they don't speak to, or they don't try to connect with that audience. And then that you have that bipolar effect where you connect with some and you don't with others. So I try to really make it engaging and fun and breaking up the, the teams or the people into groups where they match, right? And then sometimes to create some diversity and synergy, then I'll plug in one person that maybe has a different social style than, than others to kind of bring that different element and perspective on whatever it is, you know, the way that they, they look at things, their opinion, their angles to get them to communicate, to get, to get them even to sometimes disagree, to agree, right? Mm-hmm. And, and um, so those type of things. So again, you know, that's why when I, when I look at children, um, especially in today's world where there's so much information, I really try to first take a step to see, okay, is there value here? You know, and if there's value, fantastic. Let's stimulate it again. Let's create a healthy environment for them. But let's stimulate it. Let's give them more of, of what they of what they need, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a difference maker. There was um one family I won't mention names, but we had a family member who, you know, some of the family was like, ah, you know, ADD and all over the place and whatever. And I'm like, you know, this person is is very very creative. What are we doing yeah. about stimulating their creativity? Have we had a conversation with this with this adolescent, right? Hey, what, what do you want to do? You know, what do you what are you juiced about? And then once we started having those conversations, then we realized, wait a second, this person wants to start creating content. So let's invest. You know, let's let's put let's get some lights, let's get some cameras, let's get a computer, let's get some editing software, like let's stimulate that, right? And then all of a sudden we start um, providing these tools to this individual, and and they just they just take it to a whole nother level. And today. This person has uh, what seems to be uh, a growing business on social media with some makeup and, and uh, beauty products, right? So all of those little things stimulated and allowed this person to learn those things. And now they're using all those tools that they learned with cameras and all these other things now to really market these products, right? So again, stimulating engagement, stimulating thoughts, stimulating emotion in people, I think is, uh, is invaluable. I think that that is just so... So true. I do think, though, I get very frustrated with the sort of thing that you hear all the time about, you know, follow your bliss. If you do what you love, you'll never work. And I'm like, I call bullshit. (laughs) You're going to absolutely work. I have things that I love that I keep sacred that are not going to be my work because I, I just need to love that. And then I have things that I don't hate. most days that I have let become my work. And I'm not saying that I'm not passionate about what I do or any of that, but what I, what I do think is important is that there is a really fundamental flaw with that old wisdom when you're motivating people of like, yeah, follow your bliss. No, because then your bliss becomes work. You have to have things in your life that you hold sacred that are just for you things. And so like, for me, a great example of that is cooking. My husband has always been like, you should totally open. I'm like, oh, hell no. There's not a world in which I would ever do catering or anything like that. Do I like to cook? Yes. Am I a pretty good cook? Sure. Why not? But I keep that for me. Is that, I mean, what is your take on that? Am I, would do you tell people follow your bliss? If you, you know, if you work, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day. Uh, what's your thought? So I don't think it's realistic, right? Because, um, you know, if, if I could really have it my way and and just do 100% of what I want to do, you know, I'd probably be broke, right? <laughs> I would definitely yeah. be broke. I would you be know? so broke. So what I try to do is I try to plug in those things that I'm passionate about or my, you know, my bliss 
within mm-hmm. my day, my week, my month, my year, right? So I try to 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 give myself those things yeah. um, that drive me, right? Like so, for example, um, I'm I'm extremely creative, so I have to work in environments where I can put my creativity to work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, and I'm I'm creative in different different areas, right? So I'm a little creative uh, and, and pretty talented in music you know, drawing things of that nature, but, but I just really like to think outside the box, right. And build processes around some of those thoughts that I have that I know could stimulate positive results. And what I found in the past is that if I've worked for a boss or if I've worked for a company where they, where they, where they don't allow you or give you the autonomy to be yourself, to use those tools that you, that you have, right. If you're analytical, then let's, let's put that to work. If that's what brings you joy, some people love to problem solve. Some yep. people love to just think and, 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 and crunch numbers or whatever. Right. But then mm-hmm. they put them in an environment where that doesn't work, or this is common in sales. And, and that's where I really specialize in, right? Is they take somebody who is a phenomenal salesperson, right. And then they make them a manager. Yep. Well, you know, all of a sudden we just stagnated, you know, what, what makes this person amazing or what they do, which is, you know, the gift of gab, the be, you know, being able to, to relate or, you know, being super expressive. And then sometimes we put them in management positions where now they got to sit down in front of a computer and do spreadsheets and crunch numbers and do budgets and all this other stuff. So what I try to do and what I've learned along the way is, you know, where are those moments of bliss or where, where's my passion, where does my passion lie within what I do and my scope of life? And then, and it's kind of like recharging a cell phone, right? So you just get, you get that juice, you get that charge, boom. And then you move yeah. on to the boom, 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 like that. So that, that's what I kind of focus on. And then the other thing that I'll tell people is if they're really, truly passionate about something, awesome, then figure out a way to, to build processes around that or a business around that where it doesn't become work, right? Because I think what happens is, let's say, for example, somebody who's a baker, right? They love, they love baking, right? They live to bake. But then all of a sudden they go in business, like you said, to your point, well, honey, why don't you be, you know, open up a restaurant, but then guess what? Now you got to deal with people. Now you got to market the business. Now you got to, you know, uh, deal with suppliers and vendors and all this other stuff. But if you build a little business around, you know, if you put a support system around yourself and then you focus on baking and you let everybody else do everything else, then that might bring you that balance and that joy and that what have you. So it's just about balance and it's about perspective and it's about being realistic you know, with whether or not your bliss is sustainable or not, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there is so much need for realism. And I know you do a lot of, you know, motivating and helping people with being unslackable. But I find that with coaching, a big part of what I have to do is be the bad news fairy. I'm the one that has to come in and say, hey, friend, I know you want to be a ballerina, but here's the thing. You're a 40-year-old overweight guy who's never danced in his life. <laughs> yeah. If you want to go take a ballet class, go nuts. Is that a realistic job goal? Hell's to the no. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really hard. And it's hard to, for me, like, I am non-conflict avoidant, um, as you probably guessed. Uh, but so I don't have a problem saying it. But I don't want to leave it as like this negative soul crushing, you took my dreams and left me with nothing kind of moment. I know how I handle that. How do you handle that? Like when you have to help balance out when you're doing this, you know, trying to help people get to where they want to be, help them understand that. But part of that is giving some of that reality check. How do you, how do you issue reality checks without leaving people devastated? So I, I take people through a, a deep discovery process. Right. So I ask a lot more questions 
in the beginning stages of a relationship with somebody who's trying to achieve results in their life, right? So we, we get real deep. We get real, real dirty with hard questions, right? And then once we get the answers that they have to respond to, right, then we start to build from there. So for example, the example that you said about this person who's, you know, a guy, you know, in his 40s, heavyweight, wants to become a ballerina dancer, right? So we will ask questions. Okay, well, why do you want to do that? Right? Where's that coming from? You know, um, what is that going to do for you? Now, realistically, based on the way that you look, right, or the way that, that, that you, you know, based on your weight, everything like that, what has to change in order for you to really become that incredible ballerina dancer, right? So we'll, we'll just start taking a real deep dive into this exploratory universe of why, 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 right? And then once we figure out the real why, okay, great. Then now how are we going to execute, right? What is the plan of action? And then a lot of the times people then realize and they have those epiphanies going, hmm, yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe this isn't the right thing for me. Maybe I got to figure out, you know, African dancing or, or something different, right? <laughs> that, that might be- Way you know, more lucrative, way yeah, more lucrative, yeah, the African know, so, dancing. <laughs> that's right, you know, whatever, right? So, um, so, you know, I take people through that process and, and it can be painful. Um, you know, they, they sometimes have epiphanies and they, and they have breakdowns, they break down, they cry, they whatever. But then at least they get that off their chest, right? And, and a lot of the times, you know, we don't even know what we want, right? Mm-hmm. We think that we know what we want because of baggage that we have from when we were kids or somebody told us a long time ago, we couldn't do this or we couldn't do that. And we feel cheated that we never tried it, you know? But then once, once people really start trying it, then they're like, well, you know, what the hell did I, I didn't want to do. Why, why did I want to do this? This is a terrible place? plan. Why this is this a terrible plan, great? right? Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. So I think a deep dive, you know, really, truly understanding, you know, that, that why, that hardcore why, I think that really makes the biggest difference. So all of the things you said, I understand and agree with, but there's a really, there's heading really close to the bone of where coaching and self-help and that sort of thing ends and therapy begins. Where do you, in your head, draw that line where you're like, okay, this is above my pay grade. If I don't have yeah, this special. So, correct. If, like, if it starts to become unhealthy, okay. right? If, if, if there's a unhealthy reaction, depression, uh, you know, you know, violent anger, things of that nature, then yeah, that's not, I'm not here to be your therapist. Right. Um, and I, and I don't even really want to be your, your, you know, your guru or your, 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 you know, whatever. I, I'm, I just want to be somebody who can give you a different perspective. And, and what I try to do is, you know, I try to give people perspective based on the journey that I've been through in my life. You know, my, my mm-hmm. upbringing was brutal. Um, and I just recently, I just recently got news that just shook my whole world. And that's why I've been, you know, uh, unengaged on social media because I've had to, you know, digest and process and I'll just give you a quick nugget. So I just found out that the dad that I thought was my dad my whole life wasn't my dad that I have a biological father and 23 and me just, just, just elevated that. Right. So I got oh, to wow. meet my biological, my biological father for the first time. That's you know, huge. Four, yeah. Yeah. Oh four and a half weeks ago. Right. So, um, I had to take time to, for myself. Right. I, I, you know, so, um, at that point in time, you know, let's say that I was, and I do, by the way, I have, I have coaches that I go to for the, certain things. Um, and, and that was something for me that I said, okay, hold on a second. You know, these people here currently are not qualified, right. To give me the, the type of thinking, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and emotional support that I need right now to, to go through this process. Right. So, um, 
you know, it, that, again, when it becomes unhealthy, that's when you have to draw the line. If you're, if you're a life coach, and sometimes that's the problem, and I agree with you there, that there's people out there that are life coaches. Oh, yeah, well, I can help you with everything in your life. No, you can't. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the, a, a good coach is somebody who comes from a place of empathy and, and potentially the best coaches are the ones that have dealt with that adversity in their own life right? That have been able to work through it on their own terms, right? Go through the pain and through the emotional swings and go through all of the stuff that they had to go through to then heal, right? And then walked away with this aha moment. To me, that's what I I try to find somebody who has the results that I'm looking for in my life in that particular era, area, right? Mm -hmm. So um, yes, that's a great, that's a great powerful question is at what point in time do you draw the line? And for me, it's it, the second I start to see that it becomes unhealthy and I'll tell them too. I'll say, you know what, at this point in time, you know, I understand where you're coming from. I think we need to get you somebody who is absolutely going to be, you know, the best possible player in your, in your corner right now to help you with this, because, you know, we've gotten to a point where I want to make sure that we're really helping you. And that's kind of, that's about where I would draw that line too, is that when it becomes about their emotional or psychological well-being, as opposed to being about taking directional steps forward, then it stops being about coaching and then it stops being about mental health. So I would totally agree with that. You're a very example though, there kind of leads me to one of the things that I am really interested in, which is that you lead with so much of your personal life that you just mm-hmm put all the baggage out there. And I can see why that would be super powerful for some people in terms of being able to connect, et cetera. I can also see how your family might not always love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My family and friends would be like, oh, bitch, no, right? <laughs> like, we don't need to air dirty laundry. Like, come on now. Yeah. How, like, how, when you first did it, when you first put up a website that was like, here's my traumatic childhood, mm-hmm. did you prepare them? Did they just find out when a friend saw the website? Like, how did, how did that conversation go, Manny? So, you know, one thing that haunted me for a really long time growing up was um, the opinions of others, mm-hmm. right? And I caught myself very unfulfilled because I was trying to live my life kind of like walking on eggshells to making sure that I wasn't, you know, hurting anybody in the process or making anybody angry or whatever. Right. And then, um, I just had a moment, an epiphany. I said, wait a sec. Actually, I'll tell you exactly. I'll tell you the day that it happened. Okay. And I was an adult by, by, by this time. And I kind of knew that I had to open up about some stuff because I, 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 I figured that if, that if I was able to heal through these processes and there's other people out there that are suffering that can heal through these processes as well. But so I was a director for one of uh, the divisions of a company that I was working for. And um, I actually was going through a divorce at that time, right? And the divorce wasn't really in, uh, affecting me because we weren't happy. You know, we, we realized we were two different adults and I was going one way and, and she was going the other way, right? But what was really tormenting me was the fact that I wasn't going to have my children around me 24-7, right? And I live, I breathe, I die, I conquer for these kids, right? Like they're my everything. So, you know, my oldest is 27 and we talk every day, you know? Wow. So, um, the thought, right. Of, of, man, these kids are going to be around a different woman. They're going to be a different, around a different man. You know, that, how's that going to, Oh, I was going nuts. I was going nuts. I was, I was losing my mind. Right. I was crying. 
um, because of that, the the uncertainty, right, of the dynamics of, of their experiences as kids and yeah. all this other stuff, right? So I said, you know, wait a second. I said, I got I to get my shit together here, right? So I said, um, I went to my to my team and, and my managers were the ones that were doing morning meetings. So every day, you know, 100, 125 agents, you know, we have this big morning meeting, get, get everybody, you know, rocking and rolling for the day, get their get their mindset right. And I told my team, I said, from from this point forward, I'm going to be doing the morning meetings. OK, I want to do the meetings every single day. And the reason I was doing that was because that would force me to go to research, to read a book, to whatever, to find these golden nuggets that I can talk about in these huddles to influence and to and to inject people with a little passion, right? And there was a time when I was a kid and I was in a really, really, really dark spot. And this was right around the time where September 11th happened, where the Twin Towers collapsed and all that, right? And I knew there was a ton of fear out there. I could see it. I can sense it in people. I was feeling it too, right? Um, and uh, I said, you know what? I, I have to share the time where you know, I was in this dark spot and I just thought that, you know, I was better off dead than alive and whatever. And I was 10 years old and I actually tried killing myself, right? with a gun. And I did the whole Russian roulette thing, right? Put the bullet in the chamber and, you know, you know, spun it around and put it to my head and clicked the trigger two or three times, you know, did, did the same thing three, like two or three times. And luckily the gun never went off. Right. And then finally I just, I like, got, oh, this is not working. Right. So I showed up to work that day with the bullet, with the same bullet. I still had it from all these years. Cause my dad passed away when I was 11 years old. And then my sister later on when I was a note, she gave me the gun you know, with the bullets and all that, the original bullets, right? So I, I took it to work and I said, hey guys, and I did this big thing about, you know, we, we, we know we're in dark times right now. We, you know, we understand there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of people who's lost, lost their lives. There's a lot of people that are suffering, blah, 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 whatever, right? So I did this whole big thing, right? And then I gave them my story. And then I said, you know what? I'm so grateful and thankful that I failed that day, right? That things didn't work out my way that day because had they worked out, I wouldn't be here in front of you right now. And I've lived a beautiful life and I've traveled since then. And I have three amazing kids. Well, at the time, two, two amazing kids. And, and I'm here with you guys. And, and we have this incredible journey and we have this incredible connect. Bah, 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 right. So I go off and I do all this other stuff. Right. So then I'm, I'm done with the, with the, with the morning huddle. Everybody's in tears. Everybody's, you know, my God, hugging, you know, whatever. It was like a beautiful thing. I wasn't expecting all of that. And I go into my office and there's this young lady, she comes in and she's makeup pouring down her face in tears, right? And she starts to say, you saved my life today. And I said, well, what, what, what do you mean? I get goosebumps just thinking about it. And she says, I, I woke up today trying to figure out how to end my life. I get, I get choked up just thinking about this, right? And that was a turning point for me as a leader. And I said, well, I don't understand what, what's going on. She's like, you don't understand my family dynamic, you know, my husband, you know, he, he was in the military. He was injured. I'm basically the caregiver. I'm the man of the house. Da, 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 da. And she starts going down this rabbit hole, right? And uh, so she says, you know, your story today just just showed me that, I, that I'm not thinking right, that I need help. And I just wanted to thank you, right? We both start crying and da, 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 whatever. And then, she, you know, she ends up going and getting help. You know, we have an employee assistance center that, you know, I sent her in the right direction, boom, boom, boom. She got therapy, whatever. And she ended up becoming one of my top reps and she ended up turning her life around. And then she turned that negative into a positive. See, the burden that she was carrying her, for her was the fact that she was like this, you know, the whole weight of her whole family was on her shoulders, right? So she felt like she was, again, the man of the house, everything, right? And then she realized, wait a second, I've been blessed and I've been gifted with the fact that I am strong enough, that I am good enough, that I'm, that I'm smart enough to be able to carry this burden, right? For my daughter, 
right? For my, for my husband, you know, she was making great money. I mean, six figure income with, with what she was doing with us. Right. So she was able to, her daughter had chronic allergies and because of the income, she was able to, on a, on a drop of a dime, you know, get somebody to come in, rip out all the carpets, put in towel floors, spend 15 grand on, on new floors for the house because she could. Right. So then when she started looking at it that way, she's like, you know what, I've been given the, the gift and the power to be able to be the head of this household right? To be able to be of service to my husband who served our country, who was injured in the process, right? So then when she had that paradigm shift, everything changed for her. And that was the day that I said, you know what? I got to put my personal garbage out there because <laughs> I have a lot of personal garbage out there that, that might make the difference, you know? And then, so now ever since then, every time I do something like this, or if I put my garbage on a website or whatever you want to call it, if I can help that one person turn their life around that had or that was thinking of putting that gun to their head and pulling that trigger. And yeah. I was able to stop that. I, I'll tell you what, that to me is the biggest gift and the biggest legacy I can leave to, to mankind. And I think that that, that is such a moving story, obviously. Like I, you would have to be dead inside to not be completely moved by that. And I totally understand. And I think that if any of us felt like by being vulnerable about our own challenges that we might have that level of impact, I think most of us would be willing to share. But you also have children and children go through inevitably periods of being embarrassed by us, no matter how cool we are as adults, right? Like that's that's one of the, the my joys mission is of to embarrass my kids as much as I can, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of what I was gonna ask. Like, because it's all out there, have your kids ever come and said, dad, could you just maybe not, maybe like be cool and be normal in a different way? Or are they like, do they embrace it? Do they know the story you just told about the person you work with? Like what, you, you know, what's what interesting? Do they think? Yeah. So my, my children, um, maybe in a unspoken way, they've become very good storytellers, right? So my daughter, who's 27, she's living in LA, um, you know, has written a couple screenplays. They're getting ready to, to do their first film this month oh, wow. um, on the 20, when is it? On the 25th or 26th, they start, they start filming, right? So she's become an incredible, amazing writer and storyteller, right? And I think that one of the things that, that maybe has happened for them through me is that they also have become courageous right? And being able to deal with their own pains, trials and tribulations and, 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 and in the process, opening up about it, right? And, and my daughter, I mean, on her Instagram and her Twitter feed and everything like that, you know, she's written about, she's had some, she's had some horrible experiences, you know, with, with guys and things like that. I mean, she was, um, well, I don't want to put her business out there right now, but, um, you know, she's had, she's had some, she's had some major issues, right? And I think that the ability um, and the courage for her to, to understand that she has a voice, and that she doesn't have to hold that inside has allowed her to heal, you know, in the process. Right. So, um, no, I, I only put, um, personal, I have a lot, I have a lot more than, than, than I share, but I, but I put out those personal experiences that I believe say the right thing at the right time with just enough information to be able to, to help somebody else, right? My, my family dynamic growing up was, was a mess, was a real, real disaster, right? On all levels, you know, dad's side, kidnapped, the whole thing, blah, 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 going back to PR with my mom, you know, poverty, blah, 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 men, all kinds of craziness, right? 
I don't, I don't, I don't put that type of stuff. There's a lot of things that I experienced that I did. They don't serve, they don't serve the, 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 the right message. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if that makes sense or not. Right. No, it does. That it's all about, it's not about just dumping your garbage on somebody else. It is right. curating that information to inspire and in choosing the things that are going to, to be the places where people can connect and then hear the message, but not just, you know, verbal diarrhea. Yeah, right. Like this is the no. list of 9,000 things that are horrible that happened to my, my childhood. So, you know, no, right. I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that you see out there, I mean, I've written it, rewritten it, <laughs> tweaked <laughs> it, you know, shortened it, you know, just I, you, you keep playing with it as you grow and as you mature and as you have conversations with people, you know, that maybe read it and perceived it a certain way. You're like, well, wait, wait a second. That's not the way that I really want to, to get the message across. Right. So you, you kind of fine tune it. Right. It's kind of like it's kind of like clay. Right. You just keep molding it until you 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 you, know, you can mold it over time. Right. Until you get that right thing you know done the the, the right the right design the right create the the right creation right um so you know for me i think it also has served a a healing process for me right to be able to put it on paper to 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 get those thoughts out you know to think through them to to find well what was it about this that i learned what was it about this that can really truly change somebody else's life how do i repackage this how do i you know what i mean so the you know, 9,000th to... time you've told that same story, it can't keep hurting. That's right. So That's it's right. your own cathartic journey through that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've had, I mean, I've had, I, I tell you about the young lady's story because that was the first time that, you know, kind of, you kind of knew, you know, cause I was in front of a lot of people that, you know, I would do incredible morning meetings and get people jazzed up and everything like that. And I knew that, okay, I'm, I know I'm impacting people's lives, but I never knew that I had the power to save people's lives. Mm-hmm. And it's not, this is, I don't, I'm not trying to be the Messiah or Jesus or no, anything no. like that, right? But, but I, I, divine intervention saved my life, right? Uh, it was whatever you want to call it, right? I, you know, put the bullet sure. in the gun, spun the chamber, but I put it three, four times around and it just didn't, it wasn't the right time. And I said, well, maybe there's something to that. Maybe, maybe I'm supposed to serve a bigger purpose. And I went through some dark, dark moments, you know, when my dad died in a motorcycle accident when I was 11 years old. And then I had to kind of self-parent because going back to Puerto Rico, I lived in the States, going to Puerto Rico, there was no therapy. There was no coaches. There was no anything. Most of my family members were hot messes, (laughs) you know? So it's just, it was, it was crazy, right? Like, and for many, many years, I had to go through that journey. And so now I'm just like, I'm a sponge, right? Like I'm always trying to learn something. I'm always trying to soak something from somebody else. One of their life experiences, try to learn through their pain, right? And then I, I try to tweak and then re-deliver, you know, information to other people that, that, that could be of service. So I want to talk a little bit about that process that you just mentioned there. Pop culture and films tell us that a lot of inspirational speakers and motivators are use creative license in creating and crafting stories. And the image that it paints is not, is usually not particularly favorable. They're usually the villain of the piece, right? Um, I just watched another film with Jennifer Aniston, same, same kind of thing. So over and over, we hear that message and it creates this kind of societal impression that folks who do that work are kind of like modern day snake oil salespeople. Mm -hmm. A, how do you respond to that? 
Um, and B, do you think that there, that there's veracity in that with some people and, and how do you spot the real deal from the snake oil? So I think it's like anything, right? You got great doctors, you got bad doctors, right? You got great attorneys and bad attorneys. You got good salespeople, bad salespeople. You have great pastors and you have pastors that, that are not so great, right? That, that take advantage of children, right? Um, same thing, same thing with coaches. You know, you look at Tony Robbins, you look at Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, Les Brown, you look at all these people, you know, I'm sure that within the mix, there's, there's amazing people there. And then within the mix, there's probably people that, you know, were thugs and, and, and whatever. And they've understood that through the power of neurolinguistic programming and conversation and whatever, they could take advantage of, you know, people that are, that are weak. Right. So I think it's all about, I think it's all about balance. I think that, you know, anybody that's going out there right now, that's looking for any type of advice or help or something like that, just do your due diligence. You know, I mean, there's no secrets really anymore. You know, we live in the information age, Google people, you know, you'll be surprised of what you find. And, and then also make sure that you're, that you're not gullible, right? Like I'll use Tony Robbins as an example. You know, I've, I've, I've been following Tony Robbins for decades, you know, and there's a lot of information that I love about, you know, what he teaches. And then there's stuff that I just don't agree with. Right. Um, so what I try to do is I just try to extract those golden nuggets, you know, the things that I know would make sense in my life. And I've used a lot of things that I've learned from him and Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and all those things, you know, with leading my teams and, putting together high performance, you know, environments that are just rocking and rolling and breaking records. And, you know, but again, you just, you have to be true to yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, don't, don't, don't sell yourself short. Um, give yourself a little, empower yourself to know that you're more powerful than you think that you are. Don't be gullible. Don't be naive. I think, um, I guess my frustration is that a lot of people that I work with are, I wouldn't call them gullible or naive, but I would say that they're not as sophisticated with research abilities. So if a, you know, they, they don't always know what they're looking at, if that makes sense, especially in things like coaching or um, even like the other stuff we do, like resume help and that sort of thing. It's just hard. It's really hard to find some, to know who to trust because people will tell you, like, I know that there are coaches who have pieces of paper that says that they should coach and I know them and they should not. I don't give a right. shit what that piece of paper right. says. I know, it's scary. They're a terrible it's, it's, coach. I'm with you 100%. And so I think that, like, your point about finding somebody that you connect with and then taking the gems from that is great. But once there's a financial commitment, like, you know, and I know that a lot of people that we work with, like, they may be spending the last money that they have to mm -hmm. get your help. Yeah. So and I'll tell you, I, I went to an event. Um, it was one of Tony Robbins event and it was in Newport Beach, California. Right. And this was right around the time of the whole September 11th thing. Right. And there was a lot of people that were losing. Um, wait, was that September 11th? No, sorry. This was, this, this was during the real estate crash of 2008, 2009, okay. 2010, mm -hmm. actually. And, um, you know, I went there because I had bought, you know, I, I, I will tell you right now, I have spent, I'm one of those people that have spent, so I, I never got to go to college, right? Because of, again, my upbringing, da, 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 whatever. When I was 19, I was starting to go to college and all of a sudden I get pregnant, right? And then I'm like, holy cow, I got to, you know, provide for a family, right? So college to me is life. 
right? So I do invest in, in life. I do invest in my life, right? And I have spent tens of thousands of dollars, <laughs> seminars, traveling, you know, hotels, books, CDs. I mean, I got a, I got a thing here that has probably about $10,000, you know, worth of programs, right? That I, that I've, that I've purchased. Um, and we were at this event and there was this, this lady next to me and I, it was, she was breaking my heart because her and her husband had this business that was, that went completely under, right? And the little bit of money that they had, they were trying to figure out what they were going to do with it. Right. And I saw, you know, and the way that that seminar went that, that particular weekend was Tony as it's called a wealth mastery. And then what he does, is he gets the best of the best people, right? The best financial trader, you know, the best tax advisor, the best pop, 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 whatever. And they come in and they share some real golden nuggets, but then obviously they have a program to sell. Right. And I saw this lady buy one program after another program, after another program, after another program, after another program. Right. I bought one program, which was a tax, which is a, a tax program. Right. Um, and I finally said, um, I said, ma'am, you know, can I ask you a question? And she's like, yeah, what, what's up? I said, um, I could tell that you are, that you're lost. I could tell that you're, that you're searching for answers. Um, and it's breaking my heart. To, and these are, by the way, each program is like, you know, $2,000 or more, right? Some are 5,000, some are $10,000. And this poor lady had probably 60, 70,000 bucks in program that she had already purchased in the last two days, right? And, um, and I said, I said, you know, can, can you, do you mind sharing what's going on? And I said, then she went in to her husband and her, you know, business for 10 years, you know, they're going bankrupt, blah, 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 whatever. And they're, you're trying to pivot. They're trying to, you know, whatever. And I said, I said, are you, are you a reader? And, and she's like, no, not really. I said, well, how, let me ask you this question. When you buy a book, right. Do you read the whole thing front to cover? Or do you just kind of go in and just get the little golden nuggets or do you even read it at all? She's like, oh, most of the time I don't read it. I'm like, well, I said, with all due respect, I said, right now you got, you just have about 50 or 60,000 bucks there, possibly 70,000. Are you going to go through all of those programs? And she's like, she started bawling, right? She just starts, I mean, like a little girl, like somebody that just, they just took the ice cream away from a little girl, right? Sobbing, tears, boogers, the whole thing, right? And she's like, I'm, I'm just so afraid. I'm so, I don't know. I'm so lost. I don't know what to do. I said, maybe what you should do is return all that shit, Right wait for the seminar to be the whole weekend to be over and try to find that one thing that you're like, you know what? I would be so happy if I could pursue a new career or a new business or something in this line of work in this niche. Right. But give yourself the opportunity to think, to reflect, and then make an investment if that's what you feel that you need to do and then rock and roll. Right. And I saw this like, like this relief, Right. Like this whole, like the whole world, she had the whole world on her shoulder, just fell off her shoulder. And she's like, she's like, oh my God, you're an angel. She's like, I needed to hear that. So she gets up, she returns all her shit. Right. And she waits. And then she, she bought one program or whatever. Right now, unfortunately, I never, I never kept up with her. Um, and I never followed up with her. Shame on me, I guess, but I was there trying to solve some other problems that I had yeah. during the time. Right. Business, business issues and what have you. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, but I think that happens a lot, right? I think that, that you know, and I think to your point, right? Um, there's a lot of people out there that have learned to take advantage of people when they're, when they're in their weakest and they, yeah, they, 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 they hit them for, for thousands of dollars, right? And um, that's, that's the wrong thing to do. And I think there's a little thing called the law of karma and, and those people that do those things, I, I would imagine that their life is hell, you know, and, and that their life is in misery and, and, and they have their own demons that they're dealing with. But what I would what I would suggest and what I would recommend for anybody that's out there is, you know, man, take some time to really think about what you're doing. Right? if you're going to make an investment, 
make an investment because you know without a shadow of a doubt that you are going to follow through. Most people don't follow through. 80% of the population of the planet doesn't follow through. The top 20% of the population are the ones that actually think, that plan, that know what they're doing. They execute flawlessly and they have an incredible journey in life. Um, it doesn't mean it's perfect, but they have an incredible journey in life, right? So don't be, don't be gullible. And, 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 you know, surround yourself around people that, that can give you good advice. I mean, you said it best. I've seen people that are broke financially or people that have the worst relationships trying to give financial or, or relationship advice. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> like what the, and then, the, and then, and then the people listening know this, but then they still listen, you know, it's just like, yep. What, what are you doing? Are you being polite or what the hell? Like, don't let that shit get into your head because, you know, you might end up, you become programmed, right? If you hear something enough times, you program yourself to believe it and to, and yeah. to want to do it. So it's just nuts. So slightly controversial. Do you think, based on what you said, it, we'll use the example of this couple at the Tony Robbins thing. Do you think that in that situation that the Tony Robbins of the world have an obligation to help protect vulnerable people that they I'll should have you, some kind of like monitoring like hey 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 70 grand let's let's talk yeah I'll, I'll, I'll tell you uh, that out of all the out of all the programs that i've done with tony robbins i was really turned off i was really turned off by that event i mean i love love many of the other programs i've done with him but i did not like that particular event um, it was, it was a big marketing campaign for all these other people to come in and to, you know, give people just enough information to get them excited. And by the way, very tactically done, <laughs> uh, amazing psychological, you know, processes in place. Um, and I study all those things, you know, when I go to a seminar or whatever, I'm looking, I'm looking to see how they run their operation. I'm looking to see what they're doing when they do something, how it stimulates people, reactions, all those type of things. Cause I'm, again, I'm a learner and I understand the psychology of, 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 of a sales process. Right. And these yeah. are all, you know, sales processes that they have. So yep, that was not my, that was not my favorite event. Um, mm -hmm. They did not have anybody there kind of giving people a heads up. Hey, by the way, you know, this is what's going to happen this weekend, you know, you know, based on research, da, 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 you know, 80% of people never follow up. What I highly suggest is that you guys, you know, go through really think and ask questions about, you know, what it is that you, that you could potentially invest in and make sure that it's something that you're passionate about that you can connect with. Right. Because, Hey, right now we're going through a, a climatic situation where we know there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of this, there's a lot of that out there. Um, we know that people are losing their homes their businesses their finances, all those type of things. You know, we're not here to hurt. We're here to help, you know, and then maybe have even some type of a, a you know, consulting or coaching, a division that really helps people narrow down, you know, what are you best in the world at, right? What are you most passionate about? And then, okay, cool. Well, look, this speaker that's coming on Sunday at 6 p.m. might be the one you really want to pay attention to or something like that, you know? So, if, I mean, if I had to do an event like that, that's the way that I would probably do it is to to make sure that we are really bringing not just value, because there were tons of value, by the way. I, I'm not trying to... No, you know, and I hear that, but th there's a difference between you're not... You're, you're clearly not saying that the products themselves were poor, just that the there was no support infrastructure at a time of of need. Um, and that that for me is always my frustration when I hear about those types of things is that I'm with you, right? Like, I'm like, you're just trying to sell me something. I get it. Like, and I understand that I may even need that product. It may be a great thing to be selling me, but I'm going to watch you for how you sell. And I come from sales as well. So I think that when you're in the game, like, you know, when you're being played, 
But for those people who are in vulnerable positions, who are in desperate positions, especially, and especially the ones that don't come from those kind of backgrounds, it is really, really hard. Oh, and yeah. I like the the kind of structure that you're talking about. I think that that seems a more fair, and I, I hope that people out there use that more and more and, and try to be better citizens. Yeah, and, and I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I catch myself and I'm, I'm very jealous with my time. Right. But I catch myself getting so distracted with all the freaking noise that's out there right now. Right. Your phone's going off every oh, yeah. 10 seconds. You got this guru, that guru, you got this marketing thing, this online thing, this social yep. media thing, this right. And, and it, it's confusing. It's so damn confusing. And I, I constantly have to go, go, what the hell am I doing? Let me turn all these notifications off. Okay. What is it that I really got to do? You know, and that's, that's why, you know, I have my little planner that I sit down and every day and I just make sure that I'm giving myself a solid checkup from the neck up to make sure that I'm on track. And if it's happening to me and I'm like extremely jealous with my time and I'm one of those guys that executes flawlessly, I can only imagine the, 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 the you know, the horrible time that a lot of people are having and, and, you know, just going through the motions every single day in this, in this, you know, rabbit hole and, and not getting anything done. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that the, the having a like physical planner where you sit down in a way that is unplugged from all of that multiple stimulation, um, is huge. A really interesting study came out a while back about, um, about stimulation and that the, um, the boomer generation before had an average number of stimulants in their life at any given moment of one to two. Gen X then had an average number of stimulations of three to four. Millennials, eight, and Gen Z up to 15 at any given moment. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But that, I think, we hear all of this stuff about like the different generations and how many processes differently. But I think that we really underestimate when I am, like the level of noise that you're used to, right? When you grew up with, I'm reading a book and also I have the music going and also maybe there's a television over there and my mom's trying to talk to me, like all of that together and you've lived your whole life with that ambient noise, It, I think that it's very, it can be hard to even recognize the impact it has on you. And I think that you have to adjust for where your needs wind up being because it may be that no stimulation is too much stimulation in and of itself because you've never had that much quiet, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. So like my husband can't do shit if he doesn't have like a television show on in the background. If he has to code, he's got Buffy playing over here and like he's coding and that's how he can focus mm -hmm. is because he does have this other stimulation that he's able to ignore there. Whereas if he tried to like lock himself in a quiet room, he would go crazy. That, that's me. I would. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> I need I need I need to have a little uh, white noise machine that I yeah. have to sleep with and it, I travel with it. If I don't have that white nose noise machine, I, I don't see because I hear everything. And then my yep. mind goes, hear a little ding. And I'm like, okay, that must be that, 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 right? And it's, my mm -hmm. mind is, yeah. So, and, I, and I see that within myself. So yeah, I, you're right. You're 100% right. It's, it's nuts. It's crazy. So um, one more question for me, because we're almost out of time, but I do have to ask. I, uh, like I said, recruitment is sales. So I, anybody who says anything else is trying to sell you on recruitment. Um, but recruitment is sales. And so I've been in this game a long time. I've had to recruit for it. And my experience is that 
sales has become almost a dirty word um, in terms of people looking for jobs, especially younger generation. That if you straight up say, hey, I've got a sales job, like, oh, I don't want to work in sales. Nobody likes salespeople. You are even further down the sales path than I am. And is that your experience? And, and what is your thought on, on what that means and what we need to be doing differently? So number one is we're all salespeople. Everybody <laughs> is a salesperson. You're selling your husband on trying to get jewelry. You're selling your wife on trying to go on that trip, or you're selling your this to try to get that car, or the kids are selling the parents for that ice cream cone. Everybody is already in sales. When you're posting something on social media about whatever, and you're sitting there looking for a reaction, waiting for the likes, and this, 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 you are basically selling your vision, your thought, your whatever, right? And you're trying to figure out what kind of response you're getting, right? So mm -hmm. we're all in sales. I mean, if you look at it that way, we're all in sales. I love sales. I love- I love- You're I such love, an evangelist. <laughs> I love, love, love sales. And here's why I love it. I love it because I teach my people to always do the right thing by the customer, right? A salesperson, a great salesperson who is value-driven and who is a problem solver can transform the lives of other people, right? You have somebody who has a major issue in their life, who has this major problem, right? And you, and this salesperson shows up and says, okay, I'm going to remove all this pain from your life right now because I got this product or this service is going to make your job easier, right? Instead of you spending eight hours a day trying to do X, Y, Z. Now I'm going to cut that, 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 that time down to two hours a day or, you know, whatever the product or service might be. The first thing I will say about selling is that if you want to be best in class, you must, without any other notion, believe in the product or in the service that you are selling. If you wouldn't sell it to your mother, assuming you love your mother, right? <laughs> if you wouldn't sell it to your own mother, don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, I've gotten, I've tried, there's been people trying to recruit me multiple times to go to other organizations that I just know. And I can yeah. make a lot more money. Like a lot, 150, the last offer I got was $175,000 more a year than what I currently make to go. But you know, no, I'm okay where I'm at. You know, I believe in our values and our morals and our ethics and our processes and our product and our customer service and our leadership. And I'm okay. I don't need the extra. I don't sell your, here's the problem is that a lot of people that get in sales, they sell, they sell their soul to the devil, right? For the dollar. And then it's just vicious. But yeah, I mean, again, it, go, it boils down to the same thing you asked me earlier about, you know, these coaches, whatever, you know, um, it's like anything. There's good people. There's bad people. Yes. There's good salespeople. There's bad salespeople, you know? So I love sales. I love sales. And you know what the thing I love most about sales is that if you work in an environment where your compensation is in direct proportion with your ability to sell, you can really have a fantastic lifestyle and helping people in the process. So anyway, those are my two cents. No, but do you, have you had trouble recruiting um, staff? Are you seeing those trends as well? Or do you find that people come flocking um, it's, work with it's, you. it's a little bit of everything right? you got people that come in because they know somebody is currently doing it and they're loving it and then you got people that are responding to an ad and then you kind of have to educate them about what you do your values your morals all those type of things i think the easiest thing today to do as a leader right when you are out there recruiting is man come on be be a human being mm. right like give people the good the bad the ugly right 
and and I I mean I remember when I first start, started uh, in sales, you know, I would try to get a job somewhere and they would paint me this beautiful pristine picture, right? And then all of a sudden you get into the organization, you're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> this is <laughs> this isn't what I thought, right? So I when yeah. I when I interview my people and I, I and I and I uh, recruit them, I yeah. give them the good. The, here's what we're best in class at, okay. Here's what I love about the organization. You know, here's our imperfections, right? And here's where a player like you can come in and, and help bring value, not just to us, but to, to our customers, you know? so I'm a I mean, big fan of warts and all recruitment. So I always like give the big speech about here are the top three reasons to work here. And here are the top three reasons. This is a terrible place to work yeah. uh, because I feel like if you don't go in eyes open, if you get sold this like, you know, Valhalla, you're going to be unhappy within a couple months because it's not real. Reality yeah. is there's going to be shit that pisses you off. They're going to do shit that is not, as you would say, best in class. Like, mm -hmm. because no organization is perfect. Nope. So, nope. yeah. Absolutely. Well, those were all of my questions for you. And I know, as you've said, you're very jealous with your time. So I appreciate you sharing it. What have we not covered that you want to make sure um, to comment on? I think we're good. I think we've covered a lot of great things. Uh, number one, for people that are out there right now, um, one thing I do want to cover real quick, I think there's a ton of complacency that's happening right now because of COVID. Okay. I think there's a lot of people that are out there right now that have gotten used to that, That's not a bad thing. Um, but if it's an, if it's impacting your quality of life, you may want to rethink it. I mean, there's, there's jobs. We have about 80 positions open right now where I currently work and uh, people are just okay, you know, uh, staying at home, doing nothing, collecting an employment check, which is half about, you know, which is half the amount of what, you know, they typically need to survive, but because, you know, nobody's kicking them out of their houses yet, they're okay doing that, right? So I would say right now is probably a really good time to rethink and to reset, to reprioritize, and to really figure out what matters and, and you know, step up because we do become, we can become complacent and that could, that could really have a negative impact in our life long-term. I have had multiple candidates recently tell me that they will not be working for any organization that expects them to put on pants and actually go into the organization. And I work with candidates that are in a high enough demand for their skill set that, that they get to say that, like they get to write whatever check they want. But yes, I totally feel you that I think there is definitely, some of us have gotten very comfortable with even the negative elements of COVID living and we need to kind of get shaken out of that comfort zone. And I'm hoping that as the market picks up and things start to change, that we all kind of naturally come out of that and, and into something that's healthier for all of us. So yeah, Absolutely. I feel you. It's all about that balance, you know? <laughs> all about balance, yes. Um, so I'm gonna have links to all of the ways to find you, websites, emails, all that kind of thing. Uh, is there anything exciting that you have coming up that you want people to know about or? Just stay, just stay posted with Unslackable. You'll start to see and hear more about it. And again, we're just here trying to, uh, you know, plant those golden nuggets and people to, to get them to the next level. So that's it. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Manny. Thank you so much. You've been listening to, Hey, I want your job. For more information on how you can get your own awesome job, visit ONH Consulting at www.onhconsulting.com. We offer incredible resumes, no-nonsense career advice, and real-world tips for landing a job in today's market. Check us out on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Insta for more insider information. Soon, you'll be hearing us say, I'm Michelle Olivier, and hey, I want your job.